welcome to The Snap, a Marvel Cinematic Universe recap podcast where we will be talking all 21 Marvel movies leading up to Avengers Endgame. I'm your host, Kayla Jouett, and welcome to Episode 7, where we're going to be jumping into Phase 2 of the MCU with Iron Man 3. And with me today is the most enthusiastic person for this movie, (laughs) Andrew Taylor. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing really good. I just told you um, before we recorded, I had a lot of espresso. So very excited for this movie that I don't care about that (laughs) you will care a lot about. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, So tell me, um, tell me about you. Sure. Uh, So yeah, I mean, people might know me obviously from the internet. I pretty much like everyone from this community is from the internet, but um, (laughs) yeah, uh, I do a couple podcasts, uh, one that's kind of in the works right now, but one that I just started recently called Certain Effect. Uh, It is a news podcast centered around video games, kind of talking about like opinions and all that sort of things on on, like uh, things that are happening like in the gaming industry right now. Um, I do that with uh, Chris Nunes and Neil Rivera. Um, that's on iTunes. Um, and then I'm working on a comic book podcast that I actually used to do like two years ago. And then I stopped <laughs> and now I revived it with a friend of mine, John Bernardo, uh, if you know him. And we are about to start that up here pretty soon. We just got approved today on iTunes so nice. and, and Google Play. So if people are interested, uh, they can check out, check out that podcast. It's called Panel to Panel. Um, we're going to be talking very casually about comic books uh mm-hmm. just because comic books in general are pretty There's overwhelming they're <laughs> very overwhelming um yeah. and so we just want to take it at a different standpoint and be like we're casual we want it to be casual for the listeners and help people kind of figure out what they're into because a lot of people just assume comic books are just superheroes but they're actually a lot more than that so um we're going to be talking about a lot of different things and uh we're excited to get that underway um but yeah i mean i i'm a big fan of the mcu i've i remember the first time i saw iron man in theaters back in 2008 uh and i remember the end credit scene and kind of being blown away uh as someone who grew up with those characters and never really expected to see them on screen um and here we are almost 22 movies away and it's pretty crazy. Uh, it's very I don't know crazy. About, I don't know about you, but I, I think it's pretty crazy. <laughs> well, I didn't. I didn't read comics, but I did go sure. see Iron Man, the first one, in theaters. But when I went, I didn't really know. You know, like when you grow up and not with comic books, but you just grow up, you you know about like Batman and Spider Man and Superman. Yeah. Like, you know, like the basic ones. So like, I was like, I don't know who Iron Man is, but I'm gonna go see this movie because it looks cool. Yeah. Didn't know what I was getting into until. Hmm. I want to say until like Captain America or or the Avengers came out was when I was like, holy shit, this is a big deal. I want to read comic books now. Like I'm I'm into this. Yeah. Yeah. I read DC comic books growing up. I never really cared about Marvel except for Spider-Man. You know, like Spider-Man was everybody when they were a kid. They love Spider-Man. So absolutely. So I do remember the movie in theaters, like going to see that one um, for the first time. It was it was. It was good, but yeah, I didn't know what I was getting into for sure. So this must have been like a big deal for you actually reading the comics and seeing this character for so long, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was a really, really big deal. I was, I was the same way growing up as well, where 
it was kind of like Spider-Man. Everyone just knew who Spider-Man was. And it was kind of in the same vein of like everyone knows who Superman is. Everyone knows who Batman is. Um, But like before the movies, honestly, like Spider-Man was kind of like their A-list character. And I mean, he still is. um, But because of the movies and like the whole cinematic universe, over the last few years, they've obviously revamped everything, and now, like, Iron Man and Captain America, they're all, like, technically A-list characters now um, that everyone knows about, and yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of crazy what this whole cinematic universe has, you know, brought It really about. is, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the MCU and the movies, not comics. If you bring up comics, though, that's totally cool because sure. I don't know anything about the comics. So if you <laughs> want to slap some knowledge, that's fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're going to be talking about Iron Man 3. Like I said before, it is the first movie in phase two of the MCU. But yeah, we're going to do the recap. I like to keep it around 10 minutes every time I say that because um, you know how it is if you were to watch the movie you might as well watch the movie so this is what we're going to talk about 10 minutes yeah. um and yeah so are you are you ready for me to recap Go this for movie it. yeah i'll let you know if there's anything <laughs> like big that you might have missed right but i'm sure i'm sure you got it it's a pretty simple premise but it is yeah. yeah um let's get into the recap of iron man 3 so the movie starts out with tony talking and he says we create our own demons but he's going to start from the beginning so we flash back to 1999 in Bern, Switzerland. Tony is chatting and flirting with a scientist named Maya Hansen at a party on New Year's Eve. Uh, he goes with her to their room. Um, on his way up to the elevator, though, they meet Aldrich uh, Killian, who's been tracking her research. He started this company, and it's called Advanced Idea Mechanics, AIM for short. And Tony tells him, yeah, we'll meet up with you upstairs in about five minutes. I'm really excited for your idea. Um, but instead, he goes upstairs with Maya, who actually shows Tony her research. Um, Happy is also there for security. Uh, he rips a piece of her plant and we see it grow back immediately. And then five minutes later, Tony and her are like in the bedroom and the plant blows up. We then pan to Aldrich. Aldrich. I'm going to keep fucking up his name. Uh, <laughs> Aldrich uh, waiting on the rooftop by himself where Tony forgot about him. Uh, and then, yeah, Tony tells us that he just created demons and he didn't even know about it. So he said goodbye to the party scene and he's a bit different now. The screen pans to now. He's been up for 72 hours straight. He's working on a new suit. He put these sensors in his arm so that the suit could just like fly onto him whenever he wants. And then he could like mm-hmm. point to things and or like people and get the suit on them. It's pretty cool. Um, He turns on the TV and sees a terrorist called the Mandarin, who's threatening the president of the United States. War Machine is now being rebranded as Iron Patriot, and they repainted him red, white, and blue. Tony meets with Rhodey to talk about the rebranding and all of this, and then we also find that there's been nine bombings, but nobody can identify the bombs. Rhodey is concerned about Tony because of his sleeping patterns. The Pentagon is scared about what happened in New York. There's kids there trying to get his autograph. He starts to kind of freak out. Tony feels like he's having a heart attack, so he runs outside. He puts the suit on to test to see if he's having a heart attack or if he's been poisoned. And Jarvis is like, no, you're having a severe panic attack. So we see Killian many years later. He shows up to Stark Industry to meet with Pepper. He looks attractive, I guess. Like, I think for the movie standards, they were, like, showing that he looked way more attractive, but uh, whatever. Um, (laughs) And he shows Pepper his presentation on the human brain and his new technology. Uh, He put something 
behind his ear and it shows a live feed into his brain in front of them in this hologram. And it shows how our mind and our DNA is destined to be upgraded. And then meanwhile, Happy calls Tony and tells him about the the meeting, you know, just getting the scoop. And then so Pepper tells Killian that she likes the idea, but shifting personalities and DNA seems like it could be weaponized. So she can't accept on his way out. He kisses her on the cheek and she's like a little flustered. You can tell. So she comes home. She sees what she thinks is Tony inside of the suit inside the house for date night. She talks to him for a little while before going downstairs to discover it was just an empty suit and Tony is downstairs. He asks her about Killian and she gets a little defensive. He admits that nothing's been the same since New York and he's a mess. He can't sleep. He has to tinker and protect the one thing he cares about, which is her. So that night while he's sleeping, finally, he has this nightmare about New York and Pepper tries to wake him up and console him. But the suit appears like right on top of her and tries to attack her to defend Tony. She storms out. Really upset about that. So I'm assuming the next day, sometime after, Happy follows up on Killian's assistant, who was with him at the meeting, and he sees him give another man with army tags on uh, this briefcase at the Chinese theater in L.A. Happy gets caught spying and gets into a fight with the guy. And this guy's face starts glowing, almost like this flame tinkering through his veins. He punches Happy down, and then the army guy that he met with huffs something that was in the briefcase, and five minutes later... He's glowing so much that he explodes, causing the entire area to explode. And then Happy is just left there. We see another video footage of the Mandarin, who is back, and he says that his disciples have destroyed another American knockoff, the Chinese theater. We see Happy in the hospital. Tony's with him. And then when Tony leaves the hospital, he's heckled by a bunch of journalists. One of them asks him, why doesn't someone just kill the Mandarin already? And then Tony speaks directly into the man's phone and says his full address and to come for him. And then he just takes the phone and throws it at a wall. I don't think anything bad could happen from that situation. So Tony starts reconstructing the crime scenes with Happy. He can't find traces of the bomb, but he finds the army tags. He finds evidence of another army man in Tennessee that had an explosion as well. So before he leaves, the girl from 99, Maya Hansen, shows up. Uh, there are helicopters shooting live footage around his house. And Pepper and Tony are arguing about leaving town right in front of Maya uh, she's like, shows up and she's like, I need to speak with Tony. And then watching the live feed, they see a missile going straight for them. It blasts into the living room, causing all three of them to fly backwards. Tony protects Pepper by um, using the, the new suit technology and he flings the suit onto her. And then we see Killian's assistant in the helicopter that sent the missile. Do you know what Killian's assistant's name is? Uh, it's Seven. Eric Seven. Seven. Eric Seven. Okay, because I was like taking notes and I was like, I don't remember what his name is. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Eric Seven is in the helicopter and he's the one that sent the missile in. So they're sending more and more missiles in. The house is falling apart. Pepper's in the suit and she grabs Maya and runs outside while Tony is still inside, not in a suit. Finally, she's safe and he calls the suit back to himself and the house is crushing. Tony's trying to take out the copters without having much of his suit powers online. Everything he owns is falling into the ocean. Uh, and then Tony goes down too. It's like this really scary and intense scene because he's like in the water and he's trapped under all of this house stuff. And um, we don't think he's going to make it, but we know he is because that's Iron Man. And Jarvis basically saves him. Jarvis uh, gets him out of there and then his flight levels start working and he just flies off into the air. So he wakes up to an alarm while he's inside of a suit that says there's only 5% power left and he crashes. So he fell asleep mid-flight. Um, 
this flight plan that Jarvis made for him five miles outside of Rosewood, Tennessee. Jarvis in the suit shut down. He's by himself with this clunky suit. He walks to a telephone booth. He tries to contact Pepper. She doesn't pick up, so he leaves her a message. He finds a garage and breaks into it and starts working on the suit. A kid walks in on him with this potato gun, as Tony calls it. Um, and he's like, wowed by Iron Man. But then he hands Tony the morning paper that says that he's presumed dead. He tells him that his mom left for the diner and his dad left six years ago. So Tony asks him to get him a bunch of things. And in, in exchange, he will give him something to use on bullies at school. And his name is Harley. So Pepper is looking at the wreckage and she sees one of the helmets and puts it on. And here's Tony's message to her saying that he's safe. Her and Maya are driving, and she asks her why she showed up today to talk to Tony. And she said that she thinks her boss is working for the Mandarin. She's a biological DNA coder, and her boss is Aldrich Killian. We pan to Killian, who is with the Mandarin, recording another tape. So then we see Tony and Harley. They're walking around this little small town in Tennessee, and Harley got him this Dora watch that belongs to his little sister. Uh, Tony asks him about the memorial they have set up for the army guy that had the explosion in his town. Uh, and Harley says that he won a bunch of medals after the war, and one day he went crazy and just built a bomb, and six people died, including the soldier Chad Davis. Um, but they keep saying six people were dead, but you could only see five shadows. So Tony's looking at that, and Harley keeps trying to ask him about New York and, like, bugging him with all these questions because he's a kid, and he's going to ask him, like, 50 questions at once. And Tony's like, chill, you're giving me anxiety. And he, like, has to take a minute to breathe. So then Tony goes into a bar to meet with the mother of the uh, army guy that had the explosion. And on his way in, he bumps into this lady that has burns all over her face. So he meets with the mom and she hands Tony this file on her son, but it clearly wasn't meant for Tony. And he tells her that he doesn't think that her son killed anyone. He thinks he was used as a weapon. And then the same lady with burns on her face that he bumped into shows up, puts Tony in handcuffs and says she's with Homeland Security. The sheriff of the town is at the bar, and he confronts her, and she gets all red, like the other guy with Happy, and starts killing people. Tony escapes uh, and sees Seven um, as he's running away. Um, Tony rigs the place to blow with the girl inside, and I think she's dead. I don't think we saw her again, right? Yeah, there's a... I wrote that down in my notes when I was watching the movie today, is that there's a really weird plot hole where they never really explain how these bad yeah. guys die um like, and so she's just dead um, yeah which doesn't make any sense yeah because i i didn't get that because i was like <clears> maybe <throat> she'll come back because i don't know if they can die but then she never does so i yeah. guess she's dead yeah um so i have written here the assistant baddie because i didn't know his name was seven so the assistant <laughs> baddie uh crashed uh he crushed the water tower down to spill through the town Tony is stuck underneath it while Savin has Harley, but then Harley uses the weapon Tony gave him for bullies and escapes. So Tony blasts the guy in the face. He frees himself, steals the file and the keys to his car, and he leaves Harley in town. And Savin does wake up from the blast. The Mandarin is doing a live feeding on all the TVs again. He addresses the president. He plans to finish this before Christmas morning. He has an accountant for an oil corporation and says he's going to shoot him on the head on live television unless the president calls him in 30 seconds. His team advises him against it, but he does it anyway. The Mandarin lets the phone ring and he shoots the man on live TV anyway. He says nothing can save him and he will see him soon. The president said to tell Rhodes to find this man immediately. 
So we see Tony in the car driving and he's looking at the file and sees AIM in big letters on the file, which like clicks in his head. He's seen AIM before. He knows what that is. So he calls Rhodey and asks him who did the redesign of the suit. And it was AIM. So Tony sneaks into a media van in front of this beauty pageant to get access to a computer. And Stan Lee has a small cameo here as this man in the crowd holding up a 10 sign for the woman on stage. And Tony meets his biggest fan. We're not going to get into all that. I'm just going to say Tony meets his biggest fan uh, as he tries to (laughs) log on to Rhodey's info on AIM system. Yeah, I was like, I don't even know what's right about this guy. There's this guy. He has like the whole beard set up and the hair. He's got Tony's face tattooed on him. It's it's a weird scene, but it's fine. Yeah. So uh, he logs onto the AIM system and he watches these like encrypted files on AIM with Killian talking to like these retired soldiers who have like physical or mental disabilities. Um, And he's injecting things into them. And we see the same soldiers that we know of. So um, Savin and the lady with the burns, we saw them on the video feed. And then one of the people exploded. And now Tony knows how the bombs are going off. So he says to himself, Killian found a buyer and sold it to the Mandarin. And meanwhile, we see Maya and Pepper are safe somewhere. And then Killian busts in, holds Pepper by the neck. He asks Maya why she was at Stark's place. And she said she didn't know him and the master would go and bomb the place. So she talks to him about how they need to use Stark. And he has an incentive now and looks at Pepper. So Maya is with them great um we see the iron patriot show up to a location that the mandarin is supposed to be at instead he just finds like a bunch of women in burkas like making fabric and he's like oh i'm in the wrong place so the women all leave and the last one out shakes his hand and it burns through and it shuts him down and she takes off the burka revealing to be one of killian's uh people Tony calls up Harley to see how the suit's looking, and Jarvis says that he tracked the Mandarin's signal and he's in Miami. Harley says the suit is charging, but it's not stable. Tony has another panic attack, and Harley reminds him that he's a mechanic and he could just make something. So Tony goes into the store, buys a bunch of random shit, and, like, makes these gadgets. So Tony rolls up to the location in Miami with his handmade contraptions, no suit. He starts taking out a bunch of guards to get inside, and he finds the Mandarin... But it turns out he's just an actor. He's this British guy. His name is Trevor. And he plays a role for money paid for by Killian. So Killian needed somebody to take credit for the accidental explosions. And and yeah. And then we also get the, the stabbing guy shows up again and he knocks Tony out. So he wakes up tied up in front of Maya. She talks to him about how she took Killian's money and she's really close. But she needs Tony to finish her formula. And he said that. She used to have this moral psychology, but now she doesn't. He wakes up every morning with somebody with a soul. She doesn't have a soul. And she's like visibly upset about this. And then Killian walks in and says, Tony gave him desperation, which was the most valuable thing that he's ever been given. And he wants to repay him with the same gift. So he shows a live feed of Pepper with something injecting into her. And you can see her like burning and glowing. Um, And she's clearly in pain from it. So... Something must have like clicked in Maya's head and she tells him to let Tony go and she's going to use this injector to kill herself if he doesn't. And if she dies, he's going to lose his product and his soldiers. And he just like looks at her. He gets pissed off and then he just shoots her himself. So Killian, now he has Iron Patriot tied up and continues to like heat up the center of uh, Iron Patriot's suit so that he can get out of it. And then Iron Man's watch goes off and he starts like trying to call his suit um with that same technology all the way from tennessee 
And then one by one, the pieces come back. He takes out a bunch of Killian's men. He leaves, and then he sees the Iron Patriot suit flying in the air, but it's not Rhodey in the suit. So they go to the Mandarin. Well, I'm going to say the Mandarin, but I, I guess everybody Tre- gets Trevor. the Mandarin is now now like a figment, right? It's not like a real person. So yeah. Trevor, right, he says that he knows their plan. It's happening off the coast. It has something to do with a big boat. The vice president of the United States is also included, and... And yeah, Tony and Rhodey, they get on this, the Mandarin's boat, and Tony calls the VP. Uh, he tells him that they need to get him to safety, but he says that he's fine. The president is with Iron Patriot, so everyone's cool. And then Rhodey's like, no, I'm here. That's not me. And the vice president's like, all right, I'll send the call. Hangs up, and he doesn't make any calls, and you see him go to kiss, I would assume is his daughter, and she's in a wheelchair. So yeah. things click. He's in on this like new technology, so he's in on it. So Rhodey says they can only save Pepper or the president. They can't do both. So we see the president board the plane um, with the baddie in the Iron Patriot suit, uh, Savin. He starts killing all the men inside the plane with him and goes for the president. We see the suit fly out of the plane, but uh, Savin isn't inside. So Iron Man jumps on board, takes out Savin finally, and people just start like flying off the plane. And he goes down to dive and grab them, but he can only carry four people. And there's 13 in the air. So he starts this really cool, like, human chain in the air to land everyone safely in the water. Like, he grabs somebody and he's like, you grab this person. I'm going to connect you magnetically. It's pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, they land safely in the water. And then it turns out he wasn't even in the suit. He was just operating it from the boat. So he, you know, whatever. So he did what he had to do. So they're still on their way to Pepper. Um we see Killian give Pepper another dose of the stuff. I don't know what it's called. I just say the stuff. Uh, extremis. Extremis. Yeah. That sounds like a very important word that I should know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, Pepper gets more extremis. Uh, Iron Patriot lands in front of them and the president is inside. Killian strings the president up on the oil rig inside of the Iron Patriot suit and Rhodey and Tony sneak on board. A bunch of the baddies with flaming insides, that's what I wrote instead of saying, like, Killian's men with extremis. Uh, baddies with the flaming insides show up to fight them. Tony gets, like, 40 of his iron suits unmanned, technically manned by Jarvis, but they're unmanned, to show up, help them fight. So, this is all happening. Tony gets inside of a suit and starts to go for Pepper. She was knocked aside from the blast that happened, and he tries to grab her, but she's stuck under a lot of wreckage. Killian shows up. He knocks Tony down and almost hits Tony with his fire fists, and Tony cuts off his arm, causing his arm to melt down the area, and Pepper falls down. Rhodey goes for the president, but gets caught up by some baddies. Are you tired of the word baddies yet? No, not at all. It's perfect because that's really what they are. That they're just, just baddies. It's fine. Generic bad guys. Yeah. Uh, he knocks them down uh, and breaks the president out of his hostage situation, and he takes the suit back. Uh, Tony is currently trying to rescue Pepper, but he doesn't have on his suit. He's like, "All right, I can't reach you. You have to let go. I will grab you." And she's like, "I don't know." And before she can even jump, she just like lets go, and he doesn't grab her. He she falls down into the flames and everybody's like oh shit pepper (laughs) (laughs) very dramatic uh so tony and killian face off he's in another suit and he's really pissed off about pepper so killian is regrowing his limbs he is on fire uh tony has to keep jumping into other suits because killian is like constantly burning them all 
He knocks Tony out of his suit, so it's just them two, until Tony uses the Mark 42, points it at Killian. The suit takes over him, and he tells Jarvis to blow it up. So Tony goes down to the wreckage where Pepper fell, and he can't find her, and Killian is still alive, which makes me confused. Did the girl actually die? Because she blew up, but I, they could blow up. It, it, See? Plot it, holes. Plot hole. Um, <laughs> so Killian shows up. And his entire body is looking like cracked lava. And he says that he was the Mandarin the whole time. And while he's having his little monologue, Pepper shows up. She's alive. She's glowing red. And she hits Killian with this huge pipe. Uh, She's being a real badass. She gets like one of Tony's um, arm, arm Iron Man things, puts it on. She takes out Killian. And she looks at Tony and she's like, who's the hot mess now? And... She asks if she's going to be okay, and Tony says he thinks he can get her better. Uh, He calls in for the clean slate protocol to Jarvis. All of his suits blow up in front of them into the sky like fireworks. So we see the vice president is arrested for conspiring with the Mandarin. Tony gets Pepper sorted out, also gets himself sorted out, and takes out the shrapnel from his heart so he doesn't need the arc reactor to survive anymore. Happy wakes up in the hospital finally. Harley gets home from school, goes in the garage to a brand new built workshop that Tony left for him with a bunch of cool stuff in it. And then Tony throws his arc reactor off into the Pacific and Tony says his armor was never a distraction or a hobby, just a cocoon. And now he's a changed man. You can take away his house, his toys, but you can't take away the fact that he is Iron Man. So that's the end of the movie. We do get a really funny end scene. So... The whole time Tony has been talking to Bruce Banner for this entire movie when we thought that he was speaking like directly to us. So he's lounging on this chair telling Banner his problems as if Banner is a therapist. And then we see Banner wake up and Tony's like, where did I lose you? (laughs) And he says, uh, elevator in Switzerland. (laughs) And Tony's like, so all of it. And Banner's like, I'm not that kind of doctor. I don't have the temperament for it. So, so yeah, that's. That's the end of it, and that's Iron Man three. Did yeah. I leave anything out? No, you nailed it. That I was nailed it. that was really really good. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. So I know you have strong feelings. I also have strong sure. feelings, and I want to know. I want to know those feelings. Tell me about it. Yeah. So okay. So I watched this movie today, um, like maybe three or four hours ago. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's I can see where it is problematic. Um. And why a lot of people don't like it very much. Uh, I know for a fact that a lot of hardcore like comic book fans don't like this movie just because of the whole Mandarin twist with him being more of an idea and not so much of an actual thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the comic books, he's very kind of like out there. I mean, he has like these. He has like the nine rings or whatever. The ten rings. Yeah, power. we talk about yeah, the that ten rings. In, yeah. Um, in my first Iron Man episode, so we we yeah. mention um. The organization you, is called the Ten Rings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you, I don't know if you, when's the last time you've seen Iron Man? But we talked about it. Um, and if you notice, the main guy, the main like kidnapper guy, is like twisting a ring on his finger, and that was like a callback to the Ten Rings that they ended up yeah. bringing up in Iron Man Three. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. So they like I I see what Marvel was going for with this movie. Like you don't want to. I mean, I don't know. You want to try something different and I can appreciate the effort to make it different. I don't really have a big issue with the the plot twists. I always I always think it's funny and and it is kind of out there and unique and it is very risky and 
I mean, it kind of, I don't know if it paid off for them in terms of people liking the movie, but financially, the movie made over a billion dollars, so. I uh, <laughs> I liked the plot twist. I I hate the, like, I, I don't like Killian as a character, and I don't like that he's sure. the enemy, but I do like the idea of what he turns into and, like, yeah. you know, and, like, what he, like, for a villain, I, the things that he wants, I understood. Um, I thought it was, I thought the Mandarin was funny. It's it's yeah. a big. Everybody's like, "Wait, what?" Right when that happens, yeah, you're right. Kinda, yeah. Um, but yeah, continue for sure. And then yeah, and then Marvel went on and they made like this short. Uh, like they used to do like the Marvel shorts that would come on like DD, the DVDs, and then it was like this whole thing of oh, the real Mandarin's still out there, sort of thing. And it was it's kind of just like them trying to fix the issue. You know, obviously, people fans were upset and all that sort of thing, but um damage was done at that point and they never really followed up on that ever again um but i think overall the character progression of tony stark in this movie is what i enjoy about it the most yeah i think Um, that's the only reason why i appreciate this movie like to be honest is that we get a real side of tony so yeah and i i think that stands the same for me where in iron man one and two he's very cocky He's very confident. Same thing as cocky, but uh, just kind he's of a dick. He's kind of arrogant. He's, he's right? a dick and he's arrogant. But in this movie, he's still somewhat the same way. But he learns a lesson that he can't always rely on his technology. That And that's where I kind of make the connection between this movie and Homecoming. And we can get out into that in a few mm-hmm. minutes. But. With this, it's more like he learned a lesson from Harley, which was a little kid. And Harley was like, you're Tony Stark. Just make something like you don't need the suit. Right. Um, because he feels that he like he needs the suit because of. Everything that's happened before, he has PTSD anxiety attacks now uh, because of New York. And like that's that I think that's really interesting in terms of like a comic book movie, because like you don't really see the repercussions of an event before and have it like basically change the character completely and i know they don't really touch on that again in any of the other movies but it was interesting to see it happen in this movie because this movie was right after avengers Mm. where it's like this is kind of a big thing like he he's just a regular guy i mean obviously he's a billionaire but he's just a a, he doesn't have superpowers and so the whole fact that Earth was invaded by aliens, like that sort of thing. Like he met like Thor and like Captain America. Like it's it's a lot to process, and so it's kind of cool to see that whole event kind of just change his character completely and kind of strip him down to just being just he just is just a regular a man. guy. Yeah, yeah. and so, I think he forgets that that's that's all he is. He's a man who ended up being privileged to have these tools in this and he he learned and he he has associated him himself as yeah. iron man he's like you know in the first movie he's very proud of that he's like i am iron man he comes out yeah. and he's like being a boss ass bitch he has that conference in iron man 2 showing off all the things that he's done and i think yeah. avengers was a huge slap in the face because like in avengers we get i mean he's still being kind of a dick and then when colson dies spoiler alert not really because we're on episode seven um when colson <laughs> dies i think that that was when he finally was like 
we this are doing this for a reason. Like there's th- yeah. there's serious consequences of this. And then New York happened and that's even more there's fucking aliens coming from the sky. Yeah. So I have mentioned this so many times on this podcast, uh, but I Iron Man one and two, I don't like Tony as a character. I don't because I, I don't I don't like that character. That's just gonna be like I nice. have money and yeah. this technology and I'm an asshole. Yeah, yeah. But then that the only reason why I really do feel for this movie is because they show not only character development, but they show like like mental mental illness. You know, they show off like PTSD yeah. and anxiety and things like that that like are real things that people struggle with. And even the superheroes that we look up to, they still deal with that shit too. So it's it's okay. And it's okay to get help from other people as well. Yeah. And and that's yeah, I mean, like there's there's issues with this movie for sure. But mm-hmm. like like I said before, the thing I appreciate about it, I, I appreciate it about the most is that there is character progression and that it's kind of a completely overhaul of who he was before, but like he's still he still is a little bit of that classic Tony where he's overconfident, but he knows that he he's just a guy um mm. and i think that the end of the movie is kind of a big deal where he does give up the sack or he sacrifices all of his suits and he does it for pepper and but like the reason why he did make all those suits before is because he cared about her and also like i said the events from like avengers and like that whole thing so it's it's interesting um it is a little bit messy but it, it is interesting and you know, I think the biggest thing that I enjoy about the movie um, is just the fact that the little kid kind of tells him, like, hey, you're more than the suit. Mm-hmm. Like, you're Tony Stark. And, like, the whole part where, like, he's breaking into the mansion and he's using, like, little gadgets and stuff like that. I think that's cool because it just shows that he is more than just this billion dollar suit. He can create things and... He can still save the day. Um, and it's it's really cool. Um, and it is a Shane Black movie. Shane Black's like one of my favorite directors. Um, and he does this cool thing where all of his movies are around Christmas. I don't know if you noticed that with this oh, movie. I didn't notice that, but now I do. Um, yeah. So he's directed Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Um, he's directed The Nice Guys, which is one of my favorite movies. Uh, this movie, he did do the newest Predator movie, which was not very good and actually was <laughs> actually took place like around Halloween. Oh, I was gonna, um, so I was like, gonna, that was my question. I was gonna be like, was it during Christmas? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he did help write Lethal Weapon back in the day, uh, which is one of my favorite movies too. So, like, he does a lot of buddy cop movies, which is a genre that I really enjoy especially like with Mel Gibson and and Danny Glover, like Mm -hmm. back in the eighties, like there's, there's that conversation that he has with Rhodey where it's kind of like that playful banner, um, which is very Shane black. Uh, so that's another thing that I really like about this movie. Um, but yeah, the villain is stupid. The bad guys, (laughs) the bad guys are stupid. Can I tell Um, you my main problem with the film? Sure. Yeah. It's the ending. It's the. It fact goes on that, for a very long time. <laughs> no, no, it's literally the last like five minutes. I think Pepper having this extremis in her could have made for a really good plot story in a future movie. Sure. Nope, we're gonna take that away. Not only we're we gonna take that away, I'm gonna I'm gonna be Tony Stark and I'm going to 
get rid of all my shit. And I'm going to say this is my new leaf and I don't need this. Right. But then yeah. literally there's a, the, the next movie. He, he's Iron Man again. And yeah. From then on out, it's like every single movie. Pepper's like, I thought you were giving this up, dude. What are you doing? And then she just lets him keep being Iron Man without, you know, there's yeah. no consequences for him. It's just that yeah. that bugs me. The end of the movie, I'm just like, what was the what was the point at the end? Exactly. You know I mean? And that's that is a problem with this movie. I definitely recognize that. Um, I did write down that it's a weird thing where this movie kind of retcons Iron Man 2, mm-hmm. which is also touched on something that was kind of cool too. Because there's a there's a comic book storyline called Demons in a Bottle. And in that storyline, Tony Stark is struggling with alcoholism. And you can kind of see that in the second movie. And he's like getting drunk because he, he knows he's gonna die because yeah. of the reactor like poisoning his blood and that sort of thing. And then he finds like this new element because his dad leaves over like blueprints of, you know, I, I can't remember. I haven't seen Iron Man 2 for like a year and a half or but um that happens. But in this movie, at the end of the movie, he just gets the reactor taken out and like the shrapnel. Like, why couldn't you have just done that before? And so, like, that's a plot hole right there. It doesn't really make any sense. Like, Iron Man 2 really doesn't even need to exist at that point because you could have just had this taken out in the first place. Um, yeah, and then I a weird, a weird, yeah, either. yeah, yeah. It's very strange. Uh, and then, like, another thing is Avengers 2 then retcons this movie where, <laughs> like you said before, he's just back to being Iron Man again and, like, the whole lesson that he learned. <laughs> And, like, like the sacrifice of being Iron Man. I mean, Man I think like the the idea of like him being beaten down by like a mental illness is still very much there in Ultron. But absolutely, I think yeah. that's the only thing that really stayed from this movie. Like nothing yeah. serious happened because everything yeah. serious that would have happened that would have held consequences in the future movies was repaired at the end, which fucking sucks. Like you Pretty know how, what, how cool it would be if Pepper never got that surgery or anything and. She helped out in Endgame. Like, she something with her powers, and she had powers, and she fucking helped out. That'd be cool, yeah. but she can't because they, they fixed the whole thing that happened in the movie. Uh, yeah. Well, there is there is a cool call-out to something that does happen in the comic books that does take place in Iron Man 3. So when she does have, like, her superpowers, and she, like, uses the Iron Man arm, like, repulsor blast thing... That's a call out to her being a character called Rescue. And mm-hmm. so she eventually gets her own Iron Man suit. And there that it was kind of like another call out when she had the suit on earlier in the movie uh, of her being Rescue, which is I... another thing that kind of was foreshadowing in the um, Endgame trailer where he's like, there's really no hope of quote unquote rescue. And so like does she save him? That's what I was like, about to Endgame? say. I was gonna say I was yeah. gonna say I have a question for you at the yeah. end of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So there's there's subtle hints and things like that. And so there is a possibility that she, she's in the movie. Like it's confirmed for her to be an endgame and maybe she suits up and she has her own Iron Man costume and that'd be really cool because that's a nod to the comic books. Um but I totally understand what you're saying. Like she has this extremis in her blood system, whatever. And and I Maybe know like the whole extremis. Yeah. The whole extremis thing is, is kind of goofy because that's also something that's from the comic books. It's from a storyline that happened in like 2006 or something. And it just, I think it honestly just takes the name extremis. It's like literally nothing is connected to the comic books. 
that happens in the in the movie. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I see what you're saying where they could have done something cool with that, um, but they didn't. I want to um, hear you had said something before and we didn't talk about it yet, but you said that there was like ties between this and Spider-Man Hom- Homecoming, and that's why you sure. watched that film too. So, what was that sure. about? So, Harley is basically pre-Peter Parker. And there's like a lot of playful banner between him and Tony Stark when he first shows up in Tennessee. And it's it's funny. It like there's really good chemistry between those characters. And Tony kind of sees that this little kid is smarter than he looks. Um, you know, he has like all these little gadgets in his workshop and that sort of thing. Um, and Harley just wants to help Tony Stark. Uh, the same way Peter Parker just wants to be an Avenger and help Tony Stark and save the world. Um, but the thing I noticed in Homecoming today is that, so at the beginning of Iron Man 3, there's like that whole speech of Tony Stark saying, I create my own demons or something like that. And in result, he created, quote unquote, the Mandarin, which is Aldrich Killian. And he created another demon, which was yeah, the vulture. Did. I didn't even think yeah. about that. He did create the vulture, and yeah. another a kid had to pay the consequences of that. Exactly. So it was almost like him creating that demon for Peter was obviously unintentional, and there was no, there was never an interaction between uh, the vulture and Tony Stark in that movie at all whatsoever. Do you want to play a game? Sure. Let's uh, let's talk about every single demon that. Tony Stark has created in the Marvel Universe. <laughs> There's I have a lot. A, I have a of few them. in my head right now. Uh, yeah, we have Whiplash. We have uh, yep. Aldrich. We in the Mandarin. You know, we have what you just said. The um, the Vulture, Ultron. Right. Yep. That's the Tony Demon. Who else do we have? Um, I mean, you could say Thanos. Well, that's what I was gonna say next. Is Thanos is like I know who you are. And it's like yeah. how right? Yeah. And I know that there's that line in Infinity War where he says, I have knowledge. I know everything because of the stones and that whole line. I know it doesn't really make any sense. Uh, It's very comic booky, but um, yeah, like I was saying before, like he made the vulture. He made that demon for Peter, um, which I thought was interesting. And then the lesson that he learned in Iron Man 3, he kind of says to peter after the whole fairy thing the whole fairy like incident where it like splits in half and Mm -hmm. tony has to come and save peter's ass but tony says to peter if you're nothing without the suit then you shouldn't have it at all um and that's a lesson that's a good callback yeah in iron man 3 where it's like he was so dependent on the suit but harley was the reason why he realized i am more than just the suit and it's a really good callback ve- that I never yeah. um, put together. So Yeah, and it's very apparent that Peter, he's very dependent on the suit. He thinks that he's not Spider-Man without it. And I know that there's never a time in the movie where he's like, being. he has to have this, a suit per se because he has a secret identity. But he then loses the suit with all the gadgets. He gets like his uh his like homemade suit that he has that has all all it is is just a it's just a costume essentially and it, he just has his web shooters he doesn't have any of these gadgets he doesn't have like the AI voice or anything like that so he really is just bare at that point but he still obviously saves the day uh, if you've seen that movie so it's it's cool for Peter Parker to learn the same lesson that Iron Man 
learned in Iron Man 3, or that Tony Stark learned in Iron Man 3, which was, if you're nothing without the suit, then you shouldn't have it at all, right. which is cool. So really it's cool. it's a very small callback. It uh, I know that back in the day when they first when like the MCU was like finally ramping up and that was around like after the Avengers had finally come out and like they started putting out Agents of Shield and there were talks of the the Netflix shows and that eventually did happen and now it's over. But um, they always said everything's connected. It's all connected. So unfortunately. Marvel Studios and like their TV department don't play well at all, which no, is yeah, very very that. apparent. It's very like like these really small hints that are just like okay, that's that's a cool nod, but like it's really not connected. Like you're never gonna see the TV characters in the movies, uh, just like licensing or something like that. It's very strange. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of rating, and I don't know if you have like a pre rating spiel at all or anything like that would you like me um, to rate this movie or yeah i the so the only thing before we get into the rating is that sure. um like i i told you before but i just want to hear not only your top three marvel sure. movies but if iron man 3 is not in your top three where would you put it so tell me about that sure so i was actually i was actually having this conversation with my wife earlier today when we watched the movie um but there was a point where I did like Iron Man 3 more than the first Iron Man. It's not like that at all anymore. There is mm-hmm. a lot of cool, like I said before, character progression. Um, but Iron Man, the first one, is way more impactful than than 2 and 3. Um, so for me, I do have like the whole list, but I would place it in the bottom tier. Like the, okay. the top of the bottom tier movies. The top of the bottom tier. Okay, that's yeah. fair. So it's like... Uh, it's 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 down there, but there's there is some cool moments. Um, for sure. And so, like my bottom tier, and and you can let me know your bottom tiers are you know like <laughs> your bottom five. Uh, Thor two, Incredible Hulk, uh, the first Thor, uh, Iron Man two, Ant Man and the Wasp, and Iron Man three, and mm. those are like my my like I can watch them. But I don't think you're not going to really... go out of your way to watch. Yeah, them. I'm never going to be like, I have to watch those movies. Um, and it kind of sucks for Ant-Man and the Wasp because I really like the first one. But for some reason, just felt kind of like the same thing. It um, did feel very much the same movie. And then, yeah. then they're going to throw in a really important ending, which I'm yeah. not going to talk about yeah. here. But yeah, yeah I, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So then my top three and I wrote down kind of like an honorable mention sort of thing but that's okay i was flirting with the idea of of like these being the top three but then i took one out and i was like there's something really cool that happens in one of these movies so winter soldier is still my favorite mcu movie um i remember seeing that movie opening night and completely blind i was kind of kind of curious like okay so like the trailers kind of show like the Falcon flying away from like a shield jet. And like, this is interesting. Like what's happening here? Like, is the Falcon a bad guy? Like what's, you know, like how is this all presented? And Captain America is, it, they didn't really show like who he's up against pretty much, except like the winter soldier, like that they obviously highlighted those fights a lot. But mm-hmm. the fact that, and I know, I know that this is a massive spoiler, but I mean, it's, it's been no, it's what, okay. six years at this point, almost. That's all right. Uh, that the movie's been out, but, the fact that the twist is that Hydra 
has infiltrated shield like years before yeah. is was huge like i was blown the away the villain by of the film is hydra like yes it's yeah. winter soldier but winter soldier is controlled by hydra yeah. so the the main villain is hydra for sure yeah so. it's it's very cool to see that all kind of come circle um and, and and the tv show agents of shield also did a very good job of actually kind of connecting to that as well uh because the first season the end of the first season happens around the time of uh winter soldier so there's a couple episodes in there where it's like shield is basically up against itself and there's really there's a lot of cool moments in the tv show um at the time of that movie um and then my next one i'm gonna say infinity war just because it is a culmination of of everything um it's really great <laughs> and it's really it was really special to see that movie with my wife and we've been fans before was that we the first movie y'all saw together being married um like mcu movie i think so i'm trying to think no uh actually i think yes uh oh wait black Panther. no black panther came oh wait <laughs> No, actually, Captain Marvel is the first movie that we saw as a Oh, okay, couple. so it was after Infinity War. Okay. Yeah. But uh, we actually, when we first started dating, we actually went on a date to see Doctor Strange together. I think one of me and Kaylin's first dates, like, to go to the movies were to see a see a Marvel movie. I feel yeah. like, I feel like, same thing. Maybe Doctor Strange, too? I'll yeah. ask her. We'll figure it out. I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, yeah, I mean, that that movie is super, super fun, and I like Benedict Cumberbatch, and I thought that movie was fun. Um, but yeah, like Infinity War in and of itself was really special because you were seeing all these characters interact with each other, like combinations that you never really would have figured that that would ever, was ever going to happen. Mm-hmm. And that was really special to me. Like, I thought Thor hanging out with like Groot and Rocket, that's cool. The I like basically screamed in the theater when Winter Soldier picks up Rocket Raccoon and like spins around <laughs> in a circle and they're like shooting such a bunch a of good aliens. Scene. Like yeah. it's such a it's such a comic book moment that I just never would have figured that I would see. He's on, like, like can I have your arm? Yeah, it's like, like, like I'm gonna get that I'm gonna get that arm. Like I'm gonna <laughs> I'll, I'll get that arm. Uh which is like another callback to the first like Guardians of the mm-hmm. Galaxy with the whole leg. So yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. Infinity War is really special. I'm very excited for Endgame. Um, and then my next one is going to be, I'm going to say Thor 3. And the reason why that is is because... Because it's fucking awesome? It's very, <laughs> it's a very good movie. It's very funny. Um, it is the culmination of that character. It is also, like, a completely revamp of that character as well. Because before, I thought Thor was really boring. They did such I, a good I, job I loved Chris it. Hemsworth as Thor, but it just it, there was nothing. There was no like cool progression with him. He was just kind of like this bumbling. I don't want to say like fool, but he was. You know, what I mean, he's just kind of boring. Um, yeah. He was cool. Like he has he had like cool moments in Avengers, and he had some cool moments in like the second Avengers movie. But like before that, like I don't like I don't really like Thor. I don't really like Thor two. Um, so like the fact that they were able to like completely revamp this character, put him in like a setting that he wasn't familiar with, and just like the art direction with that movie is really unique, I think. Um and the fact that it was kind of like a road movie with like him and Hulk was really cool too. Mm-hmm. 
um, and how they connected that whole thing together, I thought was really special. Um, and it just stands out a lot above uh, a lot of the other Marvel movies, I think. Um, and like some honorable mentions I had was Civil War. Um, right. It's based off of the the same comic book event, the same comic book event uh, called Civil War, written by Mark Miller. And there's there's hundreds of characters in that comic book, um, and they obviously didn't have the rights to all those characters. Um, but it was cool to see the back and forth between different characters going up against each other. I, I like that a lot. I thought it was very emotional. It was kind of at moments. It's like, I don't know whose side I want to be on, you know, <laughs> That's Tony the whole movie. I went yeah. in the movie. There was like a Twitter poll. Like, wait, are you team cap or team yeah. Iron Man? And I was like, I'm yeah. team Iron Man. Like, Oh, yeah. fuck Captain America. And then when I watched the movie, I was like, um, I might be team Captain America. I don't know. Yeah. This is a very hard decision for me. Yeah, it it was. If if you look at it, Tony is essentially the villain of that movie, and yeah. I know that that Zemo is in that movie, and like he basically ignites the fire between the Avengers, and that just splits them down the middle. But Tony really is kind of instigating a lot of things that happen in that movie, and it's it's interesting. Um, and I love seeing. Steve but at the Rock. same time, like when you think about it, so the the reason why I went into the movie siding with Tony is because I knew that he was trying to bring order to yeah. chaos, which, you know, at the end of Winter Soldier, like Cap basically says, we're not dealing with S.H.I.E.L.D. anymore. Like if you watch Winter Soldier, um, Fury says like at the end when they're talking about taking down Hydra, Fury's like, well, let's salvage some of the the shield and cap's like no everything goes shield yeah. and hydra it all goes and there's no shield so now the like the avengers are just flying around doing whatever they want they have nobody to tell them what to do and give them boundaries and that was tony was trying to fix that and tony was like yeah. well somebody has to and even though like you want to be a leader i want to be a leader obviously we can't do that so that's yeah. why i went into the film like Team Iron Man, there needs to be some kind of order. They can't just yeah. be like chaotic and you can't just put your faith in these people who are stronger than you, you yeah. know? And I think that was at the beginning of that movie when the mom is standing at the elevator and she shows the picture of her son mm -hmm. and she tells him, you know, like he's dead because of you guys. I think that was probably the first time Tony ever really felt guilt for his actions as being Iron Man. I love Which Tony I thought, in that movie so much. Yeah, I talk shit on Tony so yeah. much, but I love yeah. him in that movie. There's so. a lot of cool character progression in that movie, mainly with Tony Stark, Steve. Um, Winter Soldier is kind of just there, um, and that that's fine. Um, but yeah, I mean that that movie is that movie can get like pretty emotional. Um, yeah, you know it's there's like a lot of high stakes. Um, but yeah, I mean I I have a couple other. Uh, honorable mentions but it's it's totally fine uh like i i like black panther a lot i think that movie was was excellent i think it was there there was some issues with the cgi it was pretty shoddy uh it looked really goofy but i think as a, like a cultural thing i think it was really special and i think oh, yeah. um it was very cool to see that it um, also had like the best soundtrack of any other film and yeah, i'm looking at absolutely. you guardians of the galaxy i loved your soundtrack but i liked Black Panther's better. Sorry. Yeah, very <laughs> unique and very cool. Um, and I I know that you're not going to agree with me on this one, but 
I I really do love Guardians of the Galaxy 2 a lot. Um, I, li- I like it a lot more. Not, not a lot more than the first one, but like it is like above the first one for me. Mm. I think the reason that is, is because we're going to fight. Yeah, we're going to have a civil war. Yeah, a civil war. Are you team Kayla against Guardians of the Galaxy 2? Are you team <laughs> Andrew? <laughs> and the, the reason down below. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the reason that is because it does kind of touch on adoption in a sense. Yeah. Uh, and I was adopted. So I kind of related to some of the progression that Peter Quill was going through. And I thought that was interesting. I like was bawling at the end of the movie with the line with him and Yondu when Yondu was going to die. You know, he's like, that guy might have been your, that guy might've been your father, but he wasn't your daddy. I was your daddy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny that you mentioned that like, is that I felt ties to that movie too, because, but like, not for that reason. I felt ties because like my, my father left me when I was a kid. So like, it was like that part that I was like, when I would watch the film and I would see these feelings of like, peter being like oh but he's my dad and i have to and then he's still a piece of shit in the end like that's how i that's my life that's how i yeah. feel so like i resonated with that and i, I mentioned this in another episode too but like it uh, i hate to say it that movie would be so much better if they didn't have the stupid play on humor that was not funny like they tried so hard to replicate replicate the first movie's humors with like drax and all yeah and that they did it so much to where i would Every time I go to watch that movie, I just get annoyed. And I'm just like, I don't want to watch anymore because the, I think the humor I, is not funny and it's annoying. Yeah. I think I agree with you on terms of Drax um, kind of being the same that he was. Too, too the, much. Yeah, it is a little bit much, but it is interesting to see him interact with Manus. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that was that was kind of cool um, to see him interact with a character who's also very unique and different, just like he is um you know kind of i don't want to say stupid but just you know <laughs> very oblivious to everything you right. know like he says in the first movie everything goes you know nothing goes over my head you know blah 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 um but there is still that whole family aspect um finding family like in places that you don't think that you'd find a family and i think that is still really cool about that movie mm-hmm. um but yeah, um, you want to see uh, where I have put Iron Man three in my yeah. ratings? Yeah, all right. Go for so it. this is what I do, Andrew. I don't, um, I don't tell you flat like where all my movies are. I'm going to rate them as I go. Um, so yeah, I have um, number one. I have the Avengers. Okay. Number two, Captain America. Number three, Iron Man. Number four, Thor. This is going to piss you off. <laughs> number five, The Incredible Hulk. Okay. Number six, Iron Man 3. Number seven, Iron Man 2. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I think, I think Hulk has some cool things that happen in that movie. It It is very, it is like a very strange movie because it's still connected with the MCU. It's still technically Mark Ruffalo's character, but the fact that Ed Norton is, is Bruce Banner in that movie. And then, like you never see Betty Ross again is a little weird. Yeah, for sure. Um, but like you, I, I, I do like the connect with that movie in Civil War with uh, her dad being there. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, there's a cool. There are some cool things in that movie where he is trying to fix his past with becoming the Hulk, but then at the end of the movie, just accepting the fact that there's nothing you can really do about it. But mm-hmm. he can be a hero, quote unquote. He's in the comics. He is considered 
the anti-hero kind of like venom um but in the movies obviously he's it, it, it's a little bit of a different light and it does touch on the anti-hero aspect in avengers 2 when he gets taken over by scarlet witch um so yeah i mean there's there's definitely like i i i, I respect your list thank um, you for respecting so, it yeah i i think <laughs> thor has some really cool things in it too um the visuals are really great um Wait, I I I don't like Thor two because it's so dark. Um, it just I feel like, like it's Thor hard to see. Just boring. Every time it's I watch it, boring. I'm just kind of like, yeah, uh... yeah. But like Thor Thor one has like those cool kind of Shakespearean visuals, and it's very out there. Um, but I think obviously Thor three kind of cranks that whole thing up, and it does. It is that whole movie is a very big tri- tribute to Jack Kirby and his work with the character you know, back in the early stages of, of Thor. So, yeah. Um, yeah, no, like I said, I respect your list. Um, uh, so I'm excited to see when this whole thing ends, like where you stand. Where it's at. Single, yeah. yeah. That's what I like. I'm still, we're still in that period of movies where they, I don't think they're bad movies, but we just, they just keep popping out good ones that like, they're just going to top the list. They're just going to keep bumping this list lower. So, yeah. We'll see when it all pans out, but I can promise you that most of these are going to stay where they are, and then things are yeah. just going to jump on top as we go along. Yeah. So, And here's something I actually totally forgot to throw out earlier, but Iron Man 3 is is when it starts, um, all the movies start looking the exact same. Um, not so much like artistically, but there's like some sort of filter on the camera where every single movie after Iron Man 3 kind of looks almost the same. Um, really? It kind of has that MCU, MCU. Oh, uh, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, vibe I, I that definitely it is see to that. it now. Yeah. Um, like Avengers, it looks very different from almost anything else. Like when those first movies started coming out, they all kind of like had their own thing and then they do obviously. Do you think that was a. It. Uh, the purpose of phase two was to make it cleaner to make it more um, like not the purpose but do you think phase two starts that phase two is like all right everything's going to be having this art artistic style from now yes on. and no uh because i at the time when iron man 3 came out i think technically the movies were still being distributed through paramount pictures um and that could have attributed to that a little bit i don't 100 percent know why but i think okay. uh marvel studios was finally being like okay this is the, we want to have a certain quote-unquote look to all of our movies so them so for them to feel connected um like i said each movie does have somewhat of a different art direction obviously mm-hmm. um but there is like this this look to it and i i know that uh shout out to eric Bart Bartolota. I always like mispronounce his last name and he knows <laughs> I do that. But he would say the same thing for sure, where it's like it just starts looking the exact same okay. after Iron Man 3. Um but yeah. Okay. Well, fair rating system. I do like that we gave some honorable mentions. It's so hard to just pick three um it is. sometimes. Yeah. And trust me, I'm gonna have a little bit more of a, a struggle as we go along. Um yeah. but really quick before we talk Endgame spoilers, I want to give you a big shout out for coming out and talking to me. This has yeah. been a very constructive episode. I This yeah. probably be the longest episode. Um, and it's not even like 
it's not too long, but I feel like we definitely did dissect into it a lot, which is really yeah. cool. Yeah. So yeah. So thank you. Yeah, for sure. No, I I love having conversations about these movies. I know like we are getting that oversaturation of comic book movies, but the fact that we're like I said this the other day, I tweeted this out, like we're getting all these comic books, we're getting all these comic book shows, these movies, these games, you know, whether it be about comics, whether it be, you know, anything just like all this really cool pop culture that's just kind of being flown out at us right now i totally understand the oversaturation but endgame is literally just a like a couple weeks three weeks away at this point and it's like the culmination of all this time and effort that not only we as viewers have put in and fans but like the fact that kevin feige and all those people that have worked on the movies over the last, what is it now, 11 years, probably more than that, um, is really impressive. And I'm very excited to see, like, the end. Um, yeah, I know yeah. that there's more movies coming out. but That's what I keep is... referring it to. It's like, it's like oh, it's, it's what's been building up. And I know that there's going to be, like, it's not over. We're, there's yeah. movies promised us and we're going to get more. And maybe in the future, we're going to build up to a bigger and worse villain but like this feels like a closure it does feel mm-hmm. like closure yeah and i'm very excited to see where that goes uh in terms of like theories um so with the theories sure. um before we do that i like to warn everybody so we will probably say a spoiler or two i like to try to not spoil things but when we get into the end game theories anything goes if we talk about captain marvel or you know what we want so just keep that in mind if you don't want to hear any of that um check out the episode eight which is going to be thor the dark world it's going to be the next episode um that's so that's that um spoilers sure i'm saying yeah. it now spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah tell me you you have something planned what what's going on um so here here's one thing about captain marvel that i kind of i shouldn't have expected um but i did for some reason was that i was gonna get a lot not a lot but like a decent amount of maybe like end game teasers in the in the movie um i but didn't we didn't I, we didn't and that was fine um it was very much her own movie and like a very separated story um from the whole thanos you know uh storyline but uh yeah i mean i really wish that there was a little bit more to kind of go into captain marvel that it you know we just didn't get um captain marvel to me is i think i consider that a middle tier movie Okay. Um, I th- it is enjoyable. Um, I thought Brie Larson did a really good job. I thought the acting at first, like the first like ten minutes, was like, "Ooh, that's pretty shoddy." But like she kind of so? grows, she yeah, she kind of grows into it over the course of the movie, which I thought was good. Because <laughs> uh, if it was as bad as it was at the beginning of the movie, I was like, "Ugh, I don't know if I could watch this." But again, um, but I mean, it's a Marvel movie, of course I'll watch it again. Like yeah. I've watched Thor, I've watched Thor too, like four or five times so like of course i'm gonna watch uh this movie but um in terms of like end game theories there is the theory of time travel uh and like you've seen it in the trailers like not i think the the latest like big trailer is them walking 
and they have all these like suits on and people are saying, oh, they're going to go into the quantum realm where in Ant-Man and the Wasp, there's like a call out to like time shards or something like that. That's in the quantum realm. And I think Ant-Man's actually going to have a really big role in this whole like end game. You think he's uh, going to go up into Thanos's butt? <laughs> up, to, up to his button expand yeah i know that everyone <laughs> everyone thinks that's gonna happen or they're like there's there's people out there that think he's he's just gonna go into thanos and just expand and kill him uh <laughs> no i don't think that's gonna happen but um I, who knows maybe um but I, I i do think that there's time travel that's gonna take place there's a scene in the new trailer that came out today because tickets as of today came out when we're yes, recording this um, very stressful yeah Very stressful day. I, I believe it there's I recorded a, a couple episodes today oh, really so oh, um another okay. one i'm gonna say the same thing i'm like oh my god i'm so stressed out yeah <laughs> so so there's a scene in the trailer where you see iron man fly over the top of new york city and he's like looking down at something and i know that this is just a theory but and eric and i uh have talked about this before but there's a possibility of him going back in time to like when the Battle of New York was happening in the first Avengers. And that was, he, like, I feel like I saw that theory a while ago. Like, yeah. instead of just ending it, like, just going back in time to the, like, before the snap, but, like, going back for everything. Yeah. And there is some other, th- I, I'm one of those people that Lego sets, for some reason, tend to spoil some oh, things yeah, for movies. Do. But I won't say what I saw today. And I, I think that there's there might be multiple, like, time jumps. To like different movie, uh, oh different my movies. God. So that they're, they're, would be so awesome. Yeah, and like I think they might be trying to change certain events throughout the whole like Infinity Saga. I know that's what it's being pinned as right now, and I think that could be really interesting because I honestly don't think that there's there's going to be a point in the movie where we see literally every Avenger, like, fight Thanos. I honestly think it's just going to be, like, what we've seen on the posters, like, those characters, because there's a lot of talk of, like, the ultimate sacrifice. Like, we we have to, like, try, because if we don't try, like, you know, it was all for nothing, like, that sort of yeah. thing. Like, whatever it takes, hashtag. Um, so, I mean, there's, like, there's... There's a lot of cool things that could happen. I know it's going to be very emotional. Uh, one theory that my wife has is that you know, Captain America is not going to die. He's actually going to go back into the forties when it's all said and done. And he's going to live out his days with Peggy. That could mm. be really, that could be really cool too. So um, that would be really cool. I, yeah. I have a spoiler, not a spoiler, a, a theory that I've been holding on to. And I feel like this might be a good time to ever get up. Sure. Um, I saw it. I think it was the super Carlin brothers. If you watch them on YouTube, they have like, they make their own theories about literally every movie. I think I got into them because of Harry Potter. Um, mm. But they were talking about Tony, like the the Infinity War ending would be like Tony's visions that he had in Age of Ultron. And yeah. and not just that, but like every single person went under Scarlet Witch and had these visions of things that have been like destroyed that like kind of that have been destroyed in the future. Right. So like uh, we have Thor in like um asgard looking at everything around him and that's destroyed yeah and the tony thing like everything around him all the people around him like dying because of something that he you know there's just a whole bunch of things and there was that one scene of captain going back to uh he's in the 40s and peggy approaches him and is like 
there's nothing here for you. Like, come have my dance with me. And I feel like how powerful if Cap did die or maybe if Cap goes to the future and it's that scene and we see Peggy and she's like, there's nothing here for you anymore. Like, come on. Yeah. That'd be so, that'd be so cool. It could be interesting. Um, uh, but I do think time travel is definitely going to be a a big part of the movie. Um, I'm one of those people that stumbles upon uh, like set photos that are leaked. Yeah. Um, there's stuff like that that I've seen um, where like I'm not sure if you've seen it, but like there's a, a picture of like Captain America wearing his his costume from Avengers one. Like that doesn't mm. really make any sense. Like why would he wear that costume? Um, but yeah, I mean I'm not going to go into it too deep, but. You know, there's just like these little things where, you know, I'm I'm kind of trying to piece everything together. But I love how they've handled it. And I love that I know basically next to nothing about what's going to happen in the movie. And I'm 100 percent OK with that. Uh, have you um, have you looked at the IMDb list for the I have. So yeah. did you notice there is a little character from Iron Man 3 that is cast in this in, in I mean, in Endgame? Yeah. Harley, right? Yeah. Uh, so what do you yeah. think that's about? Um, he could have been a part of the snap. Like he could have been like one of the people that was, you know, incinerated from the snap. Uh, like I said before, I don't think that this movie, like the, the end battle or whatever you want to call it, I don't think it's going to be everyone fighting. I just think it's going to be everyone that we've seen on the poster, possibly fighting Thanos. So and you then, don't like, think, cause like the way that I, cause there was him, another young character who I think was, um, hawkeye's daughter because you see that scene in the trailer of him like treating yeah. her and then there's another girl Catherine langford that was cast and they don't have names next to them and yeah. this is something that i don't want to happen but possibly could be like younger people in the future like taking on bigger roles like do you think that's that at all or no possibly possibly uh there's a character called kate bishop who does take over the mantle of hawkeye mm-hmm. um that actress i i do know her i actually uh not like personally or anything but i do know of her (laughs) yeah um so like she totally could be uh like a kate bishop call out something like that um i don't really know but i've i've looked at the imdb i know that a lot of the characters that were killed off are listed on the imdb so like i said before i think the movie is just going to end with them all coming back and there's going to be some sort of resolution but there's going to be like a sacrifice Mm-hmm. That's going to have to happen for them to to come back uh, in the same vein. I don't know about the same vein, but very similar to how Thanos had to sacrifice Gamora. Gamora right. Because um, the Soul Stone's involved, so it has to be that way. So Yeah. There's a lot of mystery regarding the Soul Stone. Um, and it, there was still like a lot of questions that I had with the Soul Stone even after seeing Infinity War. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that could be really interesting. <laughs> I'm very excited. I'm very excited, too. And we don't have that much longer to go. I snagged my tickets. I'm going to be there bright I got two pairs of tickets, actually. Yeah, I just got one. I figure I'll go see it again probably when the tickets are not in high demand. I'll be fine just, like, getting some. And Yeah, we got tickets. I did the same thing for Infinity War. Our second pair of tickets are... Well, our first pair is for 6 p.m. the night it comes out. Uh, very, Very close to the front of the theater. Nice. And then our our second pair of tickets is for Sunday, 
in the morning an IMAX like directly nice. in the middle. So like not I think I want to go see it in IMAX too because I tried to get the like six PM viewing tickets and I couldn't and I wanted to go see IMAX. So maybe um yeah. maybe I'll do the same thing as you and go see it yeah. there. Yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm trying to stretch it out like me back a few years would have been like i'm gonna see it thursday friday saturday and sunday um <laughs> this this i want to like i want to digest it a little bit um i'm doing some content with eric uh and his podcast uh hero shot nice. uh, that weekend too so there's gonna be a lot of discussions and i'm very excited so yeah um i'm gonna thank you again for coming out yeah. and talking to me about iron man 3 it's been a blast yeah, it has um, been. If you liked hearing from Andrew, um, we have a couple different link, uh, like ads for him. So on Twitter, his main Twitter is Papa Drew Bear. Yep. It's P A P A D R E W Bear B E A R. So Papa Drew Bear. Um, his podcast that he was talking about earlier, the Certain Effect. Uh, you could follow them um, at Certain Effect. It's Effect with an E uh, for the weekly video game news. And also remember to check out his uh, comic book revamp podcast, um, Panel to Panel. Where did yep. you say they could find that at? Um, it's officially approved. So uh, if you want to go check it out, it's on iTunes. We, we're trying to make a Twitter for it right now, but we're mm-hmm. having some troubles with like the whole handle thing that has it's stupid um but if you are interested in listening you can find us on itunes and google play for right now we're trying to get it on spotify there's some issues with that too uh but yeah it's just panel the panel um i know that there's like another podcast on itunes called panel the panel but it's like panel panel podcast and we're just panel to panel and it's like a very cool like blue logo involving comic books so uh check us out on there we're going to be putting out first episode pretty soon i don't know when i i'm I'm gonna say within the next week for sure mm-hmm. um but yeah you can find that on itunes and and give it a listen like i said before that that podcast is definitely meant for the casual comic book reader um but we're also going to be talking about like comic book like media as a whole um okay and so that there's sounds gonna be very a lot of, up my alley so I yeah will very interesting conversations will be had so so yeah um Thank you for coming out. Yeah, yeah, thank it's you been for fun. Me on. We're gonna we're gonna chat more. I'm gonna be yeah. every single theory I get. I'm gonna be like, Andrew, did you see this? Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, bring bring it to me because like <laughs> I, I've thought about watching all the movies again. I I just don't think I'm gonna do that. But there's there's little things that I'm sure I've missed and and I'm I would love to talk about. So yeah, so. so so yeah, if you liked this, um, just remember uh, to keep up with it. Like I said, next episode is going to be episode eight, Thor: The Dark World. A lot of people love to hate it. We're going to talk about it then. You'll see how I feel about it if I haven't already spoke on it too much. Um, but yeah, we'll see y'all um, for the next episode. And thank you for listening. Bye.